My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the, the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode nine. In episode nine, we are going to be talking about the 1968 classic, Roman Polanski classic, mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby. I had never seen this movie. Right. I'm glad we got to check it off of your classics list because it was so good. I've always wanted to, and I love classic horror. Mm-hmm. It's just, first of all, Brad doesn't like watching horror with me. Right. Sometimes I don't know what I'm getting myself into. There are a lot of old That's classic fair. horror movies that are really scary, yeah. and it's two hours and 15 minutes long, and I just haven't gotten around to it. And I also would like some kudos, because I couldn't... I have bought every Blu-ray that mm-hmm. we have reviewed so far, mm-hmm. if it's out. And I have Rosemary's Baby. And I have them, all my Blu-rays are on a shelf behind us. The only Blu-ray I can't find <laughs> is the one is that you Rosemary's made it. Baby. And I have it on my phone. And it's on one of the streaming services. But I couldn't. I have a Chromecast. And for some reason, I even tested other movies and they all worked. But for some reason, it would only stream four seconds of the movie, which didn't even get me to the like opening sequence before it just started the load screen. I watched this entire two-hour and 15-minute movie on my iPhone. I am impressed. Thank you. Well, I, I waited until the last night. Mm-hmm. I waited until last night. Because, well, the Tuesday night I tried to watch it too, but it did the same thing. So I just thought it was a fluke and it was already like 8.15. I was like, whatever, I'll just do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it did the same thing. So I watched the whole fucking movie on my iPhone, which I don't recommend because I ended up getting put in a group text, which never happens. <laughs> Snapchat was blown up. Our Instagram, like Facebook. I mean, just... You're trying to get into the psychological movie yeah. and you can't. Yeah, and so I'm, like, sitting in bed and I'm, like, trying to balance it on my knee while also having my notebook. Like, it was just... I still got into it, though. Good. It's that... It's so good mm-hmm. that I was able to watch it on my iPhone and not regret it. <laughs> good. Yeah. So this movie has Mia Farrow in it. Yep. She's great, if you don't know who that she is. She was only 23 years old when she did this. She did great. She looks so young and yeah. I feel so old now. Yeah. She did awesome. And this was her first, like, big break movie, which she had been in, like, a uh, soap opera. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing that people knew her from, she was all over the tabloids because she had just married Frank Sinatra. Which, Good by the her. way, she was 21 when she married him, mm-hmm. and he was 50 years old. Money. And <laughs> he told her that she needed to give up her career when they got married. And she didn't. She got bored. She would go to sets with him, and she got bored and wanted to do something. So she got on this. He served her divorce papers in front of the casting crew for oh. doing this movie. Wow. Yeah. It worked out for her, though. It really did. He wasn't the center of attention, so I guess he had a little temper tantrum divorce, huh? Well, that was actually exactly it. He, in... Like, towards the end of Rosemary's Baby, it kept going and kept going because Polanski... Polanski ended up with four hours of movie, and he didn't know what to cut. So this movie took so long to film, Frank Sinatra wanted Mia Farrow to be in one of his films. That he was okay with. Right. And Rosemary's Baby wasn't wrapping up, so he got pissed off and served her divorce papers when she didn't show up at his set to do his movie. Well, fuck him. Yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, I... I do enjoy Frank Sinatra's music. Even yeah. after Brad and I were married and you walk back down the aisle, we walked to The Way You Look Tonight. I such an like, asshole, though. Yeah, like, well, I don't know. I guess it's a back then thing. Like, he wanted his housewife. Well, you know, and that we're going to talk about those roles a little bit in this yeah. movie because they're very, very prominent. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, maybe it's a thing that, you know, 
a time or there are even instances of celebrity divorces now where the power switches like uh i don't know if this is true or not so i'm not trying to be quoted on this but there were rumors that Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt for Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt, for example, she was the star and he was just like mm-hmm. on Parks and Rec and doing some smaller things and then he got all ripped for Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and Jurassic World and then that just kind of was weird with their established dynamic and so it's not like it doesn't still happen mm-hmm. if that's what happened. So it just kind of brings in also those sex roles back in the 50s and the 60s and the early 70s which started to kind of break up a little bit Mm -hmm. you know in the late 60s and early 70s but when you've got somebody like Sinatra that he was already 50 years old exactly yeah Yeah. so but in the beginning of this movie you've got this couple looking at an apartment Mm -hmm. and a beautiful I cannot believe I want to know how expensive that Mm -hmm. apartment had to be I tried researching it you guys couldn't find anything but that had to be so expensive yeah, and he's For just an, an actor. Just that's a play not even, actor. Yeah, he doesn't even have like consistent like TV roles or. But she knows. She knows exactly what they are, and she rattles them off every single time. I can't mm-hmm. remember them, but she is so enamored with what he has done, whether it be big or little. Which is so sweet. Yes. Like, just a side note. Like, uh, my husband, he has a full time job in marketing, but on the side, he's a hockey official. And he does anything from little kids to college. And he got some playoff games for the state playoffs, which was cool because he was voted to do that based on his performance. And he might be refing the playoffs at Pepsi Center in Denver. And it's just a like a playoff game for like high school kids. The Pepsi Center. But like I'm telling everybody. Yeah. I'm like, my husband might ref at on Pepsi Center Ice. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's just really like whether they're small or big things, if you're in love with somebody and you want to be supportive. I mean, that's NHL ice that yeah. he's going to be on. Exactly. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, if he gets it, oh. obviously, the only thing that might stop us is we're supposed to get a snowstorm this weekend, but I'll fucking make it. I'll figure <laughs> it out. But, yeah, you can tell she loves him a oh, yeah. lot. Yeah. He definitely seems more interested in his career. Yeah. As we find out. Yeah. The, But it's convenient to have a woman at the house. I mean, your dinner is made, your house is clean. And they even note that this apartment complex is full of actors. So I'm sure that definitely pushes it for me. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to be closer to people that might be able to get me. Because he even mentions this is expensive. Like, it's a lot more expensive than where we're at right now. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, please, please, whatever. And then he's like, fine. But it's probably also that, you know. Yeah. But you find out that the previous tenant went into a coma for a couple weeks and then passed away. And they're like, you know what? That's fine. (laughs) Her name is Miss Gardenia, and she was a gardener. (laughs) Um, But they also, when they're looking at this apartment, they see that there's this big, like, hutch or dresser or wardrobe Mm -hmm. uh, pushed up against this closet. Because the realtor's like, oh, that's weird. This is a closet. Like, you know, I don't know why she would put in front of it. And Rosemary's like, oh, well, it was here. And you can tell she dragged it across the floor. And put it in front of this, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they move it, and it's just a closet with, like, a vacuum. And they were like, huh, that's weird. Whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, number one. throughout the movie, you then find out there's a reason. Oh, yeah. There and always is. Ugh. Yeah, as they're moving through, they're looking at all these rooms. And the, the realtor or whoever is showing it actually even asks them, so do you guys have any kids? And the guy flat out says really fast he goes no and then she goes we're going to 
So you can tell right off the bat that family is not his priority. His career is his priority, whereas family is definitely hers. Yeah. They decide that they want it, and they're having dinner with their current landlord, where they're at, and he's like, oh, I don't want you guys to leave. You've been such good tenants. He's so cool. I love yeah. his dinner conversation yeah. about, like, killings and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I would have dinner at your house every night. Because he tells them, you're moving into a weird building mm-hmm. with some fucked up history, and he tells them that there were these trench sisters, and that, like, eight babies <laughs> yeah right and that there was somebody named adrian Mercado who did witchcraft mm-hmm. and it's the building is called black bramford because it's had such a horrible history and in 1959 a dead infant was found in the basement wrapped in newspaper so lots of shit has happened there and they're just like ah, whatever you yeah. know it's been around for a long and time two stories revolving babies at this point yeah so cut to them moving in and Nothing's in the closet but shelves. So she kind of opens it a little cautiously, and she's like, oh, okay, there are some shelves in here. Mm-hmm. And they're eating on the floor. It's kind of cute because they don't have any of their stuff there yet. Well, we did we did forget yeah. one thing. So oh, yeah. part of what the, the landlord said before mm-hmm. was that their apartment was part of a oh, larger right. apartment. Yeah. So we knew that these were already connected at some point, mm-hmm. and that will come into play later on. Yeah. And uh, there – Pretty cute. They're eating on the kitchen floor or the living room floor. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful house. That fireplace is gorgeous. Right. Mean, or apartment. You can definitely tell she wants to be that housewife. Like, yeah. she loves the house. And later on, she talks about the fireplace and she makes sure there's paper on all the shelves and she wants the baby and she wants that and American dream. Every time she's at home and alone, she's usually working on interiors, the house. decorating. Yeah. yeah. And she takes a lot of pride in her furniture and, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. And she's so funny because she's like, hey, let's make love. Like, just... I love that sex scene because it's so true and awkward. And they're yes. just, like, whipping their own clothes off. Yeah. They're not, like, all sexy and loving on each other. No, they're just like, okay, I'm That's going on I... over here. Yeah. You're over there. That's what I wrote down. I was like, so they just, like, individually undress and they're taking mm-hmm. their time. And he's, like, throwing his socks off. And it's, like, it's a great. whole drawn-out scene of them just, like, but it's like real life. Like that's yeah. what actually happens. It's like not oh, like Fifty Shades. I don't want to have sex tonight. I pinky promise we'll do it on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Like, right. If you schedule it, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and they finally doing it on the floor, and they hear creaking, mm-hmm. but they laugh it off because they're like about to do it, and so they're like, yeah. eh, I don't really care. Whatever. It's an old building. And then they're painting and they're decorating. And even for the 60s, like, the I love, like, the bright white walls she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the apartment really is beautiful. And there's a shared laundry room. So they don't have laundry in their facility, but they have laundry basically in the basement of this building. And Rosemary goes down there and she meets this woman named Terry who mm-hmm. is staying with their neighbors. And they're talking and they hear something break and... They're like, oh, this basement creeps me out. And they're laughing. And they plan to do laundry together quite a bit. And Terry says she's staying with the Cabots. And she was a homeless addict that they Mm -hmm. just found and said, hey, come live with us. And they gave her this weird, like, charm Mm -hmm. necklace. And immediately, Rosemary's like, oh, it smells weird. And they're like, oh, it's a special root or herb that's supposed to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it cuts to the evening. And Guy... That's Rosemary's husband. Mm-hmm. They're just laying in bed, and Guy and Rosemary hear this weird, like, chanting yeah. in the next door to their bed. And they're just like, huh. But it is clearly, like, a chanting kind of, like, right? 
I would immediately be like, we are never talking to them. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. And I don't, I'm assuming this would be a different night since they were already in bed, but it cuts to them walking around the city and they stumble on this scene. There's policemen and people standing around and they find the body of Terry, the one that she was in the laundry room with. Mm-hmm. And they say that she jumped out a window and it's like she was happy and starting a new life. And right, exactly. was so thankful to them for having her. Yeah, Just, it's kind of weird. Yeah. And the Castavitz, that's their name. The Castavitz come home and they're told she jumped out the window. And Mr. Castavitz, whose name is Roman in the movie, says, Oh, well, she'd get depressed every couple weeks. Like, and they're just not really that upset. Yeah. They're at just all. like, like oh, she's that's unfortunate. You would assume they have some sort of connection with her. Right, of course. No. Rosemary falls asleep that night, has a weird dream. I didn't really get this about like a nun yelling about something. It's supposed to show you that she's Catholic. Okay, that's, so I, that's actually made, I actually made notes about her Catholicism it's, later. So that she's I just... a faulty Catholic. So oh, okay. she grew up Catholic. She doesn't have any connection with her family now, and she's not anymore. Which, I mean, this was a four-hour movie that they <laughs> that Polanski had to cut down. I'm yeah. sure there was more to that, and definitely in the book they explain more. Yeah. Minnie Kastovitz comes over the next day, and again, Minnie is the one that Terry lived with, and... She comes to thank Rosemary for being nice to her, basically, because mm-hmm. they ran into him on the street when, you know, just hanging out around Terry's body. <laughs> and she's so, she's such a typical, like, nosy, old, retired lady. She starts mm-hmm. walking around the house, showing herself around, asking about, how much was this? Right. Oh, what'd you oh do? look at that new table, which, by the way, looks so 60s. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a good point. I guess that did look new back then. Yeah. And Rosemary tells her that she wants to be pregnant soon, and Minnie's like, you have to come have dinner with us tonight, please, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see you there, we insist, da, da, da. so the guy gets home, and she's like, I told him we would have dinner, and they're lonely old people, they just lost Terry, and so they're like, okay, guy doesn't want to go, but they go anyways, and they talk at dinner, but then they start talking about organized religion. And start asking Not about... Not happily about organized right. religion. They, they are very against the Pope. They are pretty yeah. upset about a few things. And Rosemary's, like, obviously uncomfortable. And they mention, oh, we made her uncomfortable. Because she's like, well, I was raised Catholic, yeah. you know. She doesn't want to be confrontational. But she also is like, can we not? Exactly. <laughs> the, the women are kind of doing the dishes thing. Yeah, they're and designated they, to the kitchen. Yeah, typical. guys are smoking the cigars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sitting there talking while Whiskey women do brandy. their work. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they get home, and they laugh about how weird they are and how bad the food was. And Guy said Roman's stories were really interesting, and he wants to go back the next night and talk to him some more. And, but Rosemary doesn't want to go back. She also noticed they had pictures on hooks on the walls, but they had taken them down. So they, she's just they kind didn't of... Fit, which I yeah. thought was really cool. I actually hadn't noticed that until she said it, and I went back and rewatched that scene. That was yeah. really interesting. Yeah, and so she's kind of noticing, like... They're, they're a little off, yeah. Not really, like, she's not, like, creeped out or anything. She's just, like, eh. I mean, they have weird food. They talk about the weird cake. They talk about the pictures. Yeah. They're just weird people. Right. Lonely, old, weird people. Mm-hmm. The next day, this is, like, suburban nightmare. The next day, <laughs> Minnie brings her friend over. That is horrible. So, yeah, Mia's, like, trying to lay there. You know, she's got her book. She's got her music She's going. trying to relax. She's trying to chill. Yeah. Which, by the way, by the way, that book was by it was Sammy Davis Jr.'s autobiography, and it was a bestseller that year. Oh, really? <laughs> that they did that film. 
Yeah, but she, Minnie comes, oh, I just brought my friend over and they are gawking at the furniture and start blah, blah, blah about periods. sitting there sewing. What yeah. The... And Get Min- out. Yeah, Minnie gives Rosemary the same weird smelling charm necklace that Terry had. And she says it has tannis root in it. And when Guy gets home, he tells her, if you took the necklace, you should wear it. And is like pressuring her to wear this necklace, which is really bossy and weird. Uh-huh. And Guy gets a call the ne- that night. Um, he had lost a part yeah. earlier that you just kind of blow off as on there struggling a little bit. But Guy gets a call that he got the part because the lead actor just woke up blind. I mean, we're jumping ahead, but he sells her out so fucking fast. Yeah, he literally really did. night two of hanging out with these people, he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Here, you can have my firstborn." Which is just another testament to how much more important his career is to him than her or their family or their life together. Like, come on, dude. Absolutely. And you don't really even at this point you're like, "Guy's just weird and bossy and has a weird heart on for Roman." You know, it's just kind of right. whatever, but Rosemary cuts to her talking to one of her family friends. I wasn't sure if this was like a therapist or something at first because she's kind of talking to him like he's a therapist. But you Mm -hmm. find out later it's just a family friend. And his name is Edward Hutch. Or they call him Edward Hutch. It's like Hutchison or something like that. And she... That's the guy that they were talking to in the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. The landlord guy telling about the story of the apartment. Yeah. And... She's talking to him about how Guy's up for all these parts and he's doing really well, but she's really lonely. So this mm-hmm. is, you know, you've kind of been feeling that, that she's been feeling second. But now yeah. she's, you know, I'm so happy for him. I just am a little lonely. You know, he's gone all the time and he's working and it's, you know, hard being home by yourself all the time. Ironically, Rosemary gets home and there are flowers and Guy's just ready to have a baby. Like, she's been so lonely. And, and he's, he's been, like, tracking the calendar. Like, he points out that it's circled. These are the best days to do it after he didn't even care before. Right. Now, all of a sudden, she's like, you do? Yeah. Like, and what? she's super happy. That's the one thing she wants. Yeah. And then there's, I do love this, though. There's, like, it's baby making night. There's sexy music. Mm-hmm. They have a fire in the fireplace. They have, like, a little, like, fruit plate or something and cocktails and like it's just it's nice that's how you do it (laughs) and then as they're fucking not fucking as they're (laughs) as they're like eating and like gonna fuck like you know they're at dinner by candlelight or whatever the doorbell goes off and she's like are you fucking kidding me not tonight not tonight and Minnie just drops off some chocolate mousse which is super creepy yeah I said it's Minnie and her annoying ass (laughs) and Rosemary she drops off some mouse Right? Rosemary says it has a chalky taste, like a chalky undertaste, and doesn't want to eat it, but Guy insists she eat it. Like, he's like, she went through all that trouble of making it, you're gonna eat it. Yeah, like, he gets really... She's not your fucking child, like... Yeah. But he gets so pushy about it, and you're like, please don't eat it, please don't eat it, and then she finally gives it, and you're like... Yeah, she takes a few more bites, but she does, when he, he gets up, I don't know why, but she dumps it into her napkin to hide the rest of it which i'm so so proud of her she doesn't eat all of it but she eats enough of it and she gets faint and disoriented and dizzy and guy has to carry her to bed he carries her to the bedroom Mm -hmm. like it's so creepy you're worried for her she's drunk or whatever she's acting right there that he thinks he says he thinks she is Mm -hmm. and you're just like cool just carrying her to the bedroom to go make babies 
Yeah, and she's clearly, like, out, and she starts dreaming about being on a these weird yacht scenes and more Catholic stuff because the Pope's brought into mm-hmm. it, and she thinks she's now in a swimsuit on a boat, but they're talking about being gay. It's just a, it was a weird fucking dream sequence. She's, she's naked on a boat. She's hallucinating and stuff's going yeah. on. So whatever was in that little mouse, yeah. I keep calling it that because the, the uh, mini calls it that, and yeah. she mentions it in her dream sequence yeah and she's laying and part of this dream sequence is she's laying down on a bed surrounded by old naked people whisper chanting and painting her body with what looks like blood or red paint yeah and minnie says as long as she ate the mouse (laughs) she can't understand or whatever she's not gonna wake up or move and they pin her legs down and... They fucking tie it down. Ooh. Yeah, she gets... This is horrible. Like, I watched this years ago, and I guess I wasn't, you know, as in tune to stuff like this. This rape scene kind of really bothered me. Well, she gets raped by the devil, essentially. And she just, like, just getting raped at all. She's totally yeah. fucking out of it. Leave yeah. her alone. Yeah. Well, they want her to be out of it. I feel like there's other ways. I don't know. Maybe just because I've seen other supernatural shows. There yeah. had to be other ways to get demon seed in her if you really need to do that. Um, besides raping her that way. I, I don't think that was necessary. Well, and at the end, she, like, or, like, towards the end of this dream sequence, which it's not, she says, this is no dream. This is really happening. And then she wakes up. So you realize, well, I mean, you already knew she didn't take enough of it to not remember. But yeah. Minnie had even said... That if she ate it all, she wouldn't. But she does know. She knows what's going on. Yep. She just kind of wakes up and is really disoriented and kind of thinks it was a dream. And she's got scratches all over her. Yeah. And Guy wakes her up the next day, says he had sex with her while she was passed out. And he didn't want to miss the night. And I literally wrote, fuck him. I have the creepiest quote that I've ever heard in my life. And he literally said that it was fun. Kind of fun in a necrophile sort of way. That is the creepiest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. If someone ever said that to me, I would leave. That's horrible. That's in a necrophile sort of way. If even if it's your husband, they have no right to just have sex with you when you're not con. That's not an ownership kind of situation. And then to tell you it was fun in a sleeping with dead people sort of way. What the fuck? That's. mm -mm. And she's just like, okay. I mean, I would have done it with you tomorrow. She's that subservient woman who just kind of. Yeah, like, we could have waited a day. She literally says that, yeah, we could have done it the next day. Yeah. So she goes to the doctor for pregnancy tests and blood work, and she finds out she's pregnant, and she's due June 28th. Which, by the way, she's due June 28th of 1966, which is 666. Right. Which, um, when they did the Omen remake, I don't know why I thought of this, it came out June 6th of 06. Ooh, that's smart. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> a little satisfy moment there. <laughs> um, she, so she's pregnant, and the doctor says that they want another blood sample because they didn't get enough for a blood sugar testing. And she's like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. Which, once again, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. No. But I feel like that proves that he is part of this devil-worshipping thing, to me. Mm-hmm. Like, he already wants another blood sample. I would be like, oh, I see. He he's part of this thing, and he wants to. Maybe. To me, that's I mean, how I gonna, took it. We're gonna get into it a little bit more, you know. But she she's like, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Mm-hmm. 
She tells Guy, and he says he has to go tell Minnie and Roman right away. He didn't want to go over the first time to even hang out with these people, and now he's, like, super tight with them. Yeah. And why That's do they like, need to know? His parents don't need to know nothing? He, like, kind of hugs her, but immediately runs to them. Those fucking neighbors you know? need to know? Yeah, and... Not your best friends for your whole lives? The neighbors. Yeah, and... If I told Brad I was pregnant, I would expect, like, a big celebration for the two of us. And then we tell but our families I would or say, whatever. then you tell your families. Yeah. And your neighbors may eventually find out. Yeah. When you start showing and they go, oh, are you pregnant? Yeah. Like, I don't get right. it. And they both come right back to congratulate her and they want her to see their doctor, Abe. So Minnie immediately gets on the phone at their house and says, okay, I'll see you at 11 o'clock the next day. No fucking doctor is going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, we know that. We work yeah. for doctors. <laughs> they Absolutely. don't do that. And he's unless like, it's an emergency. He's the best of the best, and he's just, like, waving his The fees. doctors to the stars. Yeah. No. And she wakes up that night, and she puts that necklace on that Minnie gave her, the one that stinks. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Dr. Abe tells her, don't read books, don't talk to friends, don't take vitamins, like, don't listen to any pregnancy stories. They're all different. You can't talk to anyone. You can't research anything. And right. immediately it's like, he doesn't want you to know what being pregnant is actually like. Absolutely. Because yours is going to be different. Somehow it's going to be different. And he says, we'll make you your own vitamin drink. Don't take the prenatals. And he tells her that abdominal pains are totally normal because she says, you know, like, she is being pained basically Mm -hmm. and which she says that she thinks it might be eptopic and i found this really interesting because in this day and age most people just know what that is because we've done our own research or we've heard through other people it's surprising to me that at 23 years old she had to read an article somewhere because he goes where'd you read that and she goes oh it was just sitting there on the counter or sitting there at the store yeah so she had to she still had to read that mm-hmm. I, i'm fascinated at that point that she wanted a baby so bad but she didn't know little things like that yeah right and he wanted to make sure she wasn't educated mm-hmm. yeah which is awful if a doctor ever told me, don't read books, don't talk to anybody, I'd be like, you're Get a new crazy. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but she's so naive and in it, like, you know. She's just, 23? Yeah. And she tells, you know, she's got these abdominal pains, and he's like, they're totally normal. And Rosemary randomly says, I look awful, you know. And poor Rosemary comes home one day, or her husband comes home, and she had cut her hair really short. Yeah, she's she like, it's stylish. Yeah. Because it. just pregnancy is, like, really fucking her up. Like, she's always, mm-hmm. in, she's just almost she's in always constant in pain. pain. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck is that? Like, he clearly hates it. Mm-hmm. It's like, ugh. Which she did mention way back, after, right after they had sex, he doesn't look at her anymore. Mm-hmm. At all. Which is... Fair. I mean, if we're jumping ahead, he just watched his wife have sex with the devil. Like, yeah. I would get how that would bother him. But it's because of him. I was about to say, he's the one that offered her up. Yeah. It's not like she did it. Yeah. And you can tell she's starting to get, especially with the haircut, she's starting to get thinner. 
and oh whiter, God. and she's, her she looks like she has black eyes all the time. Oh my God. When her friend comes to visit, she's so pale. Yeah. She creeps me out like she's going to die. Like when Hutch Any comes? Second. Yes. Yeah, because that's literally what I have next. Yeah. yeah. She opens the door for him to come in and then turns to the camera, and you see how pale she is. Oh, yeah. She looks bad. Yeah. And, you know, you're supposed to naturally, like, at some point in your pregnancy, gain weight because you're fucking growing a human. Yeah. And Hutch, but right before he comes over, she is basically searing a steak enough to sear the outside of it. Just and is enough. eating. It's raw. Basically raw meat. Yeah. yeah. And Hutch is like, oh man, you are, you know, not doing very well, it looks yeah. like. And she tells him she's pregnant and she tells him that she's having, you know, these pains. And then Roman comes by. Yeah. Because she can't have other friends. You know? So they're just like watching her. All the time. You know that they are because he comes over real fast. Oh, yeah. And when he comes by, there's a shot of his ear and neck region. Mm-hmm. And she sees that his ear is pierced. But mm-hmm. it also kind of looks like she's got that raw meat kind of like look. You know, mm-hmm. it's really weird and primal. But I, I wrote, she looks awful. I mean, the dark circles around her eyes just get worse and worse yes. and worse and worse. I'm surprised nobody outside... Well, they do, but, like, they're keeping her so isolated. Yeah, she doesn't go anywhere because she's yeah. so weak and so in pain all the time. They yeah. go grocery shopping for her. She yeah. doesn't have to leave the house. Yep. And so Roman comes in and says, oh, you know, Rosemary's like, this is my friend Edward Hutchinson or Hutchinson or whatever his name is. Hutch, they call him. And, you know, they're all sitting around and Hutch is like, what is that smell like? Mm-hmm. And... She's like, oh, it's something they gave me, and it's this tannis root in it. And Ed and Roman start getting kind of passive aggressive mm-hmm. and defensive about her. And I'm like, come on, Hutch, come on. Yeah. And if you notice, Rosemary's skin is a very different color than everybody else's. Very different color. And the contrast of her white yellow skin and their like orange tannish skin mm-hmm. is so prevalent in these scenes. But Edward leaves and Rosemary makes a comment to Guy that Ed said she looked terrible. So she knows. Yeah. Like, she feels really self-conscious about herself. So Ed calls back later that night and tells Rosemary that he needs to meet with her at 11 o'clock the next day. And it's really important that right. they meet. So next day, Rosemary goes to meet Ed and she's still in pain. Like, she sits down on, like, a, a wall or something mm-hmm. like that, a bench, and she's, like, clearly still in pain And he doesn't show up. And so she calls his apartment and his friend Grace tells her that he fell into a coma. Yeah. Just just like. Randomly. Just like the last tenant did. Yep. So then at this point in the movie, you're like, okay, you fuck with them. They're going to fuck with you. Absolutely. Like, or kill you or make you go blind or whatever the case may be, you know. And Rosemary, she's alone in her apartment and her pain is getting worse and her doctor just keeps telling her like it'll get better it'll get better so she says okay it's got to get better it's got to get better right at what point she even sarcastically mentions that Mm. of you know the pain will go away oh don't you know in just a couple days and it's been months upon months of this pain yeah i made a comment that she's eating more nasty shit more like raw so like meat the liver yeah she goes in there which by the way mia farrow really ate and she was a vegetarian at the time of this movie when she did this, she was a vegetarian and went in and ate that liver. As two people that don't eat meat. <laughs> yeah. Would you ever? Uh, even when you no. did eat meat, though, like... Never raw, never liver. <laughs> never yeah. raw liver. Yeah. No. 
So Rosemary, basically, she's at the point where she's going to plan a party for their young friends. And Minnie and Roman are not invited. You have to I'm be... I'm so proud of her. Yes, you have to be she under tries. 60 to get in. She yeah. tries so hard. And she's looking even skinnier and skinnier. And Minnie brings her... She's, like, planning this party. And Minnie brings her the drink. Because Minnie's been making her this, like, vitamin drink. Also proud of her here. She throws it down Don't the sink. Yeah. She's starting to become a little more headstrong you know pain yeah. makes i was gonna say how long strong. are you gonna be in pain and just deal with it yeah so she has this party and poor rosemary people keep bringing up how tired and how bad she looks like they're mm-hmm. all very happy for her and nice about it but she ends up basically sobbing to her girlfriends in the kitchen about how yeah. difficult this has been love her friends here where he tries because he's like watching her the whole night he's like trying to She's talking to one of her friends in the kitchen, and he, like, shoes her out to get a plate or a platter on the table. And then in this one, they, like, barricade her in this room, and he tries to come in, and they know. They push him out and shut the door. And I'm Girls like, yeah, yeah, you go. And the girl, you know, they're, like, they're mad at the doctor. They're like, no, you need to see a different doctor. This is not normal. And they've been pregnant. They're like, right. no. Of which you actually hear one of the girls sent her to Dr. Hill in the beginning. Mm-hmm. She even goes, so how's it going with Dr. Hill? So you know she's the one that sent her there. And mm-hmm. now she's like, you're not even going to him? Yeah. What the hell? And Rosemary then after this party tells Guy she's going to see Dr. Hill. And Guy gets super pissed off. Mm-hmm. Starts screaming at her and won't let her do it. It's not fair to Dr. Saperstein while they're... You know, and she's like, what about me? Yeah. I don't care if it's fair to him. I'm the one in pain. I'm the one going through all of this. And she's finally starting to stick up for herself. And then as they're yelling, the pain just stops. Yeah. Which is so creepy. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Literally that second, it takes that. She's been complaining about it this whole time. But now she's finally gained enough courage to leave. And the devil baby's like, oh, okay. Oh, she's about to. Okay. All right. I'll chill. <laughs> And then she gets excited again and her demeanor completely changes because she starts drinking mini strings and smiling, getting the nursery ready. Well, during that scene, she feels the baby move. Oh, right, right, right. And she actually brings Guy over. She's like, feel it. And he's so repulsed by it. Which, first of all, by the way, is like me just in life. (laughs) I don't want to feel whatever's moving around your stomach. But he knows it's not his. He knows it's some creepy devil child. So he's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's moving. Uh Aha, yeah. And then moves on. Poor Rosemary. I feel so bad for her. Mm-hmm. She just wants to have a normal ass baby. I know. Not a demon baby. <sighs> not the devil's baby. Not the Antichrist. And her husband can't even get excited when the baby starts moving. This is the first mm-hmm. time she's felt her baby move, which is apparently a pivotal moment yeah. for mothers. Oh, you yeah, know? don't need it. Like, they have a bet on if she's pregnant or not. Someone gets a quarter. And how she tells him is so cute. He comes home and she's sitting there with the quarter in her hand to give yeah. to him because he won the bet that she was pregnant. And he just takes it and goes, oh, cool. Nothing. No excitement. No nothing. Except, I gotta go tell. I gotta go tell Minnie and Norman. Yeah. <laughs> but it has this, like, happy montage. You know, she's getting the nursery ready. Mm-hmm. The bassinet's coming in. All this, it's, like, happy-go-lucky again. Mm-hmm. Rosemary that we haven't seen for at least in, like, 45 minutes. <laughs> and she gets a call that Hutch has died. And Grace, who's the woman that is at Hutch's apartment that she talked to previously, said that he left you a book. Mm -hmm. And this is at his funeral that she shows up late to because I'm sure they wouldn't let her out or something, you know. Right. And Grace gives her this book. And she wanted to make sure she got it because Hutch had a moment of consciousness during his coma. And the only thing he said was, make sure Rosemary gets this. And it's an anagram. 
Yep. And then, yeah. Exactly. We don't know what's an anagram, but something with the book is an anagram. And it's called All of Them Witches. And Hutch has underlined Adrian Marcado passage and highlighted devil's fungus and all these things that he's he figured it out right or at least got suspicious enough for the coven essentially to say nope yeah gotta get him out and which he must have done that research so fast because it was a day turnaround yeah yeah where they put him in a coma he immediately got suspicious of them well and he was the one i guess you caught that i didn't realize it was the same person because i was probably watching it on my phone and miss something that told them that this building is yeah, he scary. already mentioned adrian yeah. right in the beginning yeah you already know he's a history buff he likes researching stuff mm-hmm. and he knows stuff about that building yep and so rosemary's reading this and grace told her again the name is an anagram so rosemary gets her scrabble set out and she starts spelling things which is out. smart i'm proud of her yep she starts she came up with comes with the fall and elf shot lame witch and how is hell fact me like she's like none of this is making sense exactly but finally figures out steven marcato if you change that around which is adrian marcato's son mm-hmm. is roman castavit yes she neighbor. has finally had a breakthrough yes she and knows she's like they're freaking witches she tells guy that she thinks he's still a witch and they're in a coven and she says they use blood and rituals and baby blood is the strongest. And so she says they want my baby. Right. She's ex- perfectly on point with this. And, of course, Guy is in on it, mm-hmm. which hasn't been confirmed to this point, but there are enough things pointing to if you are paying attention. He's being fucking weird. Absolutely. <laughs> He's way too obsessed with these people. He's being and way too many too things lined up. Yeah. Like especially don't read because that. Give he me the book. wasn't pushy. I mean, it was the typical like power play between the man and the woman. Yeah. But he wasn't that pushy in I, the beginning. I mean, even before they moved in. Granted, he wanted that apartment for different reasons, but even yeah. he let her do that. She's like, please, let's have it. Whereas this guy definitely would have been like, no, it's not happening. Yeah. And she says that her doctor, she doesn't trust the doctor. Art says, or she goes to her doctor to tell him this. Mm-hmm. If I had found that out, I would probably be suspicious of everyone, especially a doctor that wouldn't let me read books or take pills. Like, I would be like, okay, how far does this go? But right. she goes to tell her doctor that she doesn't trust them anymore, Roman and Minnie. And Art says, Roman is terminally ill and they're traveling, so you, I won't have to get rid of him for you. Like, they'll be gone soon. And so. Mm-hmm telling rosemary this stuff kind of makes her back off a little bit which is what he wants and so they cut back to now that she's suspicious this was i'm sure pre-planned like let's pretend we're leaving and make her feel more comfortable of course you know and so they're like oh we're gonna travel bye we promise you know we won't be here for the labor but everything's gonna be fine and she's like okay they're gone i can breathe easy but she gets back inside and guy threw her book away which she was not only sad because of the book but because Hutch gave it to her. Right. And he's like, oh, I didn't even consider that. And she's just like, well, I wish you would have, mm-hmm. you know. And then it cuts to Rosemary is just walking, straight up walking through traffic. She's kind of like dazed oh, yeah. walking through she's traffic. Oh, yeah. She's like, tra- and she's. Which, by the way, that's a real scene. That oh was gosh. not set up. They didn't slow the traffic down. They didn't have, you know, stunt guys go through it. That was a real scene that Roman Polanski told me a Pharaoh. She's like, I really don't want to do this. He's like, you have the padded belly on. You have nobody's gonna hit a pregnant lady. So he sent her into traffic, and none of the camera crew were brave enough to do it. So that's her and Roman Polanski on a handheld, 
doing it. That's it. That's amazing. Because, I mean, today somebody would be texting and just take her out. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? People get distracted. They're singing or Absolutely. whatever. Wow. Good. That, that's dedication to the craft yeah. right there. Yeah, that's stuff right there that old movies can do that you can't do nowadays. There no. would have been such a, no, I can't do it. You're going to have to have someone else do it. I'm not going to. Yeah. Or lawsuits or whatever. OSHA, yeah. Whereas Roman Polanski <laughs> is like telling Walk little Mia traffic. Farrow, do it. And she's like, okay, I guess you're right. Yeah. They're not going to hit my belly. Right. <laughs> And she walks to a bookstore to buy books on witchcraft mm-hmm. on her own. So she's taking it. She's basically saying, okay, I'll figure it out on my own. And uh, Rosemary calls the man that, when she gets back home, she calls the man that went blind. Because she read in one of the books that in order for a witch to put a spell on somebody, they have to have a possession of theirs. An item of clothing, jewelry, something like that. And... She finds out that Guy has one of his ties. They traded ties or something, some dude thing, I don't know. <laughs> she and she now has figured out that Guy is involved. Mm-hmm. He took that tie to cause that actor to go blind, which is so terrible. Mm-hmm. And she knows it too. And for some reason, she goes back to her doctor to tell him that Guy is involved, which. I just, first of all, all of your friends just told you not to trust this guy because he's making you go through a really painful pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Don't trust him either. Mm-hmm. He's making you, like, he's telling Vinny to make you these weird fucking drinks. Like, clearly you could tie it to him too. Right. But she she does here in just a second. She goes in and the receptionist mentions, you know, oh, you, I don't smell. You don't smell like you usually do. Like, you don't have that weird mm-hmm. root or whatever. And she says, oh, yeah, he smells like it, too, sometimes. And that's when she's like, what? The doctor smells like that, too? And she, right. she's like, I gotta go. My husband's in the car. And she bails. She goes to call Dr. Hill, which was the one she was going to originally go to. And she's like, you have to see me. They're after me. Please, please. You have to see me. You have to see me. And he's like, okay, fine. You know, mm-hmm. you can be in my office at 8 o'clock or whatever, and I'll see you. So she tells Dr. Hill that witches are plotting against her. And she thinks that Guy stole... Hutch's glove because when Hutch left one time he was missing one of his gloves and so she put mm-hmm. together like he killed Hutch and he killed he made this actor go blind and all this stuff and Dr. Hill says he believes her and that she should lie down and rest right and she falls asleep and she wakes up to see Guy and Art there and they tell her that they'll institutionalize her if she talks any more about witches so we have a little different Interpretation. You think Dr. Hill is involved? I definitely think Dr. Hill is involved. Like, he's already asked for extra blood from her. Mm-hmm. He now, like, when she mentioned, I forget his name, Abe, when she mentioned his name to Dr. Hill, he's like, who is, wait, what? He very, he peaked up very fast. He was mm-hmm. very interested, which to me makes me go, oh, so he's part of this. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's higher ranking in this. I definitely... She's the one that they've been talking about on having yeah. a devil baby. And see, for me, like, at least the crazy part, like, I knew that he was going to call because, okay, let's just say we work in healthcare and somebody came into the practice raving about something crazy mm-hmm. and they were inconsolable. We'd probably, like, okay, who can we call for you? Like, and, and call somebody mm-hmm. or the authorities or whatever. So I knew that she was, you know, he was going to call her people, guy and... Abe, who's the OBGYN, and 
I just kind of assumed like, okay, this pregnant person has had some sort of mental break. We need to get their doctor and their husband involved. And when she said, oh, his name's Abe, whatever, when he kind of looked up and was like, oh, yeah, okay, I've met him. I, you know, I just kind of was like, well, maybe he, he doesn't want to tip her off that he's going to rat her out. So mm-hmm. maybe just, you know, okay, okay, yeah, got it, got it, got it, you know. So that she felt consoled and calm enough right. to relax and not run away. So I don't know. It, it doesn't, it's not really super clear on that. That's yeah. kind of uh, open to interpretation. Maybe it's clear in the book. I'm Maybe. not sure, but. Well, I just feel like, you know, this is from my point of view of him being either a part of this or some young obstetrician who is very happy to be connected at all to this high ranking one. Yeah. But you now have three men in power mm-hmm. that want to keep that power and they're abusing this poor woman yeah this poor pregnant woman to achieve that that's horrible yep but now she's so fucking done <laughs> yeah she is <laughs> they get her home and she dumps out her purse and all her money and they start like picking it up and she does that so she can get into the elevator and close the elevator and go up to her apartment and lock them out Right. Which she does. She does lock them out. they're running up the stairs real quick. And somebody runs through her apartment. Yeah. How the fuck did they get in her apartment? Yeah, I noticed that too. She's on the phone trying to get a hold of anybody on the outside. And when she's on the phone, you see somebody run, two people, I yeah, think. Yeah, two people run past. Like, so how did they already get in her apartment? So there's some, I don't even think, like, it shows you their little passage into the her. You see the Not people, yet. but, you like, yeah. see the people in there. Yeah. So and they got in there somehow. Yeah. There are fucking people in her like, apartment. Like, are they already in her apartment? Were they just waiting for her? Yeah. What happened? And then a shit ton of people walk in, and Abe has a fucking sedative. Like, mm-hmm. a sh- uh, and they find out she's in labor, and they totally put her out for labor. The last thing she says is, Andy or Jenny, I'm so sorry, my little darling, forgive me. Because... Which I'm, I'm totally for being put out for labor. Like, that sounds awesome. Also, same. <laughs> I also think that. But, like, not when you think your kid's about to get stolen from yeah, you. Yeah, fair. That one does sound. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so sad because they, she wakes up and it's very calm after she gave birth. And, you know, they say, it's a boy. It's a boy. And she goes, she falls back asleep because she's, you know, been drugged. And she wakes up again, and she still hasn't seen her baby. And her doctor tells her that the baby is dead. Which, they're just like, but no worries. You can have another one. Yeah. It's fine. You're good. You just It's not going to affect anything later. Like, it's fine. Which, once again, like, I, it's like that old school guy mentality of, no, it's okay. Like, you, you just lost this baby, but it didn't have its own personality to you or anything like that. Yeah. You didn't have your own feelings attached to this before right. it was even born. Yeah. No, no. You just try again. Right. And she is basically like, you're lying, you're lying. And she starts freaking out and they sedate her again. And then it cuts to the next day and Guy tells her she had prepartum crazies about the witches and stuff. Yeah. Like, she just you're just a little crazy because you were, like, really pregnant. Somebody fucking say that to me one goddamn time when right. I'm pregnant or right after. Slap the shit out of somebody. I'd... But she does good. She knows she's not in a position to do anything and they're just going to sedate her again. So she's just like, she doesn't say anything. She yeah. just sits there. And he's like, oh, baby, but it's going to be fine. We can have another one. And Universal is looking at me Paramount. now. 
like all these big movie we studios. We can move to California. We're gonna be in house. the Beverly Hills, baby. Like, so Rosemary asks to see his left shoulder because she read that they get like marked up mm-hmm. and there are no marks on his body. And she's like, okay. And they're intentionally keeping her room loud. TV is blaring in her room. The air conditioning is on. They have a window unit. It's really loud. I know they it's pointed summer. to those, but I didn't really. Well, they're keeping it loud because they know how paper thin those walls are. Mm-hmm. And she hears a baby crying. Mm-hmm. And she goes to turn off the AC to listen. And somebody, some old coven lady, brings her her pills and tell, oh, you got to turn the AC on. And they're bringing her pills and a breast pump. And they tell her that they're throwing the milk away, which is super weird. Yeah, and, you know, guys like, oh, the new tenants have a baby. She's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, she stops taking her pills. She starts shoving them in her bedpost, mm-hmm. like, to where they can't see them. And after she pumps breast milk, they take it from her, and she goes, oh, here. And she had kept this dirty, like, spoon, mm-hmm. and she goes to put it in the breast milk, and they're just throwing it away. And the lady's like, no, 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 no. Um, um, it, it's just messy. It's just messy. Don't put it in there. So she knows that yeah. they have her baby. She's right. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's keeping her cool, though. Like, you know, she's very, she's being kind of strategic. And that night, she goes into the closet that was blocked off, and she finds... The peephole, basically. Yeah. Which stuff. The lock. Yeah. And she looks through it and sees that she can see into... The neighbor's house. Yeah. So it's a door. Yeah. It's the door that had the attached apartment that we heard about in the beginning. Yep. Hadn't been removed. Which is why the previous tenant had that giant wardrobe in front of it. Yes. Because she figured it out. Yes. Which is... It creeps me out. That's how they got in there when she's on the phone. They got in through that freaking door. Mm-hmm. So how, I mean, they've heard creaking this whole time. How many times have these people been in her house? All the time. They're yeah. constantly watching Always. her. She can't do anything without being yeah. spied on. Ooh, that is so scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she goes to her kitchen and she grabs a knife, which is smart. And somebody walks into her house. And there are people in and out of her house taking care of her. Mm-hmm. You know, all these neighbors or whatever. She hides, and then he leaves, and she goes... It was Guy. Oh, it was Her Guy. Her husband okay. came back. She goes into the into the door, basically. Mm-hmm. The spooky door. Yeah. And she walks into this hallway, and there are just these... The artwork's back. The, yeah. yeah. And it's very, like, Dark demonic and, and mm-hmm. satanic. And she walks into this living room, basically, where all these people are drinking and laughing and they're having like a social hour, yeah. you know? She walks in holding a knife. It's great. Yeah. And everyone just kind of looks at her. Nobody is like, looks that surprised. They're just like, um, you guys, like, mm, there's, she's in here, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And she sees a painting of Roman's father above the mantle. Who is that witchy dude? Mm-hmm. The leader. I do like how Minnie sticks her tongue out at her like she's, you know, a five-year-old. She's yeah. Like... <laughs> she finds her baby in like an, this is aesthetic goals though, like <laughs> as far as like gothic aesthetic goes. Right. In a completely black bassinet with an, like an upside down cross hanging over it. And they baby let her over. walk to the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, they just let her, let her walk up and she says, what have you done to him? And they say that Satan is his father. What have you done to its eyes? Yeah. 
And then they're like, his eyes and his, his hands and his, his feet. father's eyes. Yeah. And his Satan is his father. she's looking at Guy like, no, he doesn't. And Guy's in the kitchen like wanting to throw up right now. Yeah. They say his name is Adrian and then they start chanting, hail Satan, hail Adrian, hail Satan. And this is where Guy's been the whole time mm-hmm. with this little social hour celebrating this little demon baby that his wife just gave birth to. And they tell her to be a mother to her baby. You don't have to join. But you can still be Mm -hmm. a mother. He needs a mother. Mm, No. Guy tells her they said that she, he agreed to it because they said that she wouldn't be hurt and they're getting so much in return when all she wanted was a baby. And he flat out says, you weren't really hurt. She was hurt the whole time. She was constantly in physical pain. That is hurt. And the emotional and mental bullshit that this is, I mean. He's a fucking asshole idiot. Why would you ever continue to be married to him? Not mm-hmm. only would, I mean, I guess you can't really go to the cops and be like, this lady is fucking crazy. But like, I would change my name, move cities. I would figure Absolutely. something out. I would never talk to him again. Right. I would be totally scarred. And I honestly, I, I wrote, well, she's sitting in this chair, like just totally in shock. And, people, mm-hmm. you know, I said, little Satan starts crying. <laughs> And she goes to rock him, and everyone gathers around lovingly and says, you are his mother, aren't you? My ass would have... Okay. This is going to sound really bad. My ass would have taken that fucking knife and accepted the fact, okay, they're going to kill me, but not before I kill that demon baby. Mm-hmm. I, when you see that it's got, like, Satan eyes and webbed feet or f- whatever, No. And even, doesn't this give you a little happiness, a sweet, you know, thought of, you know, not all babies look the same. They're not all perfect. <sighs> it's like a sweet little message at the end in this dark, dark horror movie. Because she does. She goes up to it and yeah. starts rocking it. And it ends with you just thinking, okay, she's going to mother this Satan baby because it's all she's ever wanted. And she gave yeah. birth, you know, that's hers. My ass would have killed it and then they would have killed me. And I would have yeah. been like, okay. But you're not getting a demon, baby. Not for me, anyways. Right. You're going to have to do it again to somebody else, which is awful. But she can't dig down this hole. There are at least 20 people in that apartment. And people are walking in, bringing gifts. and Yeah, like a hey, new guy let shows me see up. it. Yeah. Which I was really hoping would be Dr. Hill. That would have, like... Yeah, I didn't see him in the mix. Nah. But maybe I wasn't paying attention enough. Again, I was taking notes and watching it on my phone. But it's kind of hard to tell faces sometimes. So this was Polanski's first american film he had done a lot of things overseas Mm -hmm. and this was his very first one and he actually didn't realize this was his also first book adaptation Mm. and there are critics who say that this is and people just in the industry that say this is the truest to book movie that has ever been made because Polanski didn't realize that he could take any creative license he literally i mean word for word phrases are from the book and the movie which I think is why you get so connected to, especially Rosemary as a character. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You feel for her the whole time, and you get so irritated and angry with these people that are being nasty to her or annoying or whatever, you know? Yeah. So he did change one major thing in the book, though. He was agnostic in real life, and this was very much a Catholic portrayal because she mm-hmm. is a Catholic character. So he definitely changed a lot of things 
he changed it from such a supernatural thing. Like, you don't see the baby. You don't see any supernatural stuff happen because he wanted to make sure that you could look at the character and go, maybe she was crazy. Left it open to interpretation. Absolutely. Because he felt like it would be a lie, him being agnostic, taking something as a religious portrayal. Mm -hmm. The author of the book actually did The Stepford Wives also, mm -hmm. and he did other few ones a few other ones but he definitely did that whole you know are people crazy and what's this weird world thing that was like his his genre yep mia farrow was actually catholic in real life and before she got into film she wanted to become a nun well this is very different right you have the antichrist in a movie <laughs> yeah when she does the anagram for that book and she can't come up with something for the book title it actually is an anagram she just doesn't come up with it yeah. it is hell a cometh swift Oh. So it's coming. It literally tells her in the title of the book. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You found out some interesting stuff I did. There. I did get a lot of good facts for this one. So they thought that this film was cursed. Oh, it's one of those. It was. Because of all the Hail Satan that they say over and over and over again, they thought this film was cursed. One of the actors... They actually summoned Satan. <laughs> yeah. One of the actors ended up having gallstones so badly that he had to have emergency surgery. Another, uh, the composer of the score actually ended up in a coma from a fall and then Ooh, died. A coma? And then died shortly after. Ooh. And then, of course, we all know Roman Polanski's wife was Sharon Tate. Yeah, and if you and don't know. Manson, you know. <laughs> the cult, Manson family, yeah. Devil worship. They cut her baby out of her, stuff like that. <laughs> so that's very similar to the film. Yeah, That's I, a could, creepy. I could see how they would think it would be yeah. fucking cursed. Especially, especially the Sharon Tate, Rosemary's yeah. Baby thing. That mm. matches so well. Sharon Tate was actually supposed to be Rosemary's Baby. She, or she was supposed to be Rosemary. But they wanted somebody more well-known for the part. And Sharon Tate wasn't well-known. At the time. Yeah, right? Unfortunately <laughs> for her, she's... When people hear Sharon Tate, it's not um, because of her film work. Absolutely. Poor girl. The devil in the rape scene mm -hmm. so he was actually completely naked he had demon makeup on and those vertical lenses but he was completely naked and he and she spent, was just laid up under him he spent hours grinding on her for the scene and then at the end when they were done mia farrow said that he was very polite he got up he shook her hand he said it was very nice working with you and she goes thank you so much and he left and she just said that he was such a sweet guy <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Hey, um, I need you to do this part, and you're going to be a demon. You don't really have any dialogue. I just want you to dry hump this actress exactly. for like a day until we get a good shot. Yeah. Uh, sign me up. Right. <laughs> you're going to pay me to do that? Okay, right? sounds good. I mean, I'm sure that's really awkward. Have you ever seen Love Actually? Yes. You know, like when the they're yeah. like actors and they're just like talking and like that's yeah. what that makes me think of. I just love that he was so. It was a pleasure to work with you. Shook her hand and then left. I'm like, oh. <laughs> right in the beginning, you see a commercial that Guy, Rosemary's husband, does of uh, Yamaha bikes. Mm -hmm. That was actually a real spot of a commercial, and Yamaha for doing that gave Roman Polanski and guy i forget the actor's name but rosemary's husband in the movie they he yamaha gave them two scooters that for free for doing that part and then they just rode them around new york the whole time that's what i would do i really like this movie i really i am really enjoying the older movies i think we have like uh frankenstein coming up and some of the universal mm -hmm. monsters 
that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I was worried we wouldn't have much to talk about, but I'm I'm finding more to talk about with the older movies than yeah. with the new ones. Yeah, well, especially when you look at them then versus now, there's, a, first of all, a lot to compare to. And you also see where a lot of other movies got their yeah, ideas and these from are the and their formulas the Exorcist, from. possession movies, things like that, yeah. Yeah, and this was even before The Exorcist. It was. This actually helped start the genre because people did, they wrote things like that afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, demons, Based on possession, devils, yeah, mm-hmm. devils being inside people. Yeah. That makes total sense. Honestly, for, for me, The Blob, I think, is the only one I think I've given a 5 out of 5. But I'd give this one a 5 out of 5. I really liked this movie. I'd probably also do a 5 out of 5. It's really good. I yeah. love the older movies. Mm-hmm. And I've it's been so long since I've watched some of these that I'm going back. And as an older person, I'm going, oh, that's something I didn't catch before. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And some of these, like me seeing some of the classics for the first time, as a horror movie fan, I'm like, that's where this movie got that. Right. And, like, and it's yeah. even better when we get to talk it out, because mm-hmm. then there's nuances that I don't even notice, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's even creepier. Yeah, or like, uh, we were we started this podcast because we would have these conversations anyways. Like, in the car today, we were on lunch at work, yeah. and we were talking about the doctors, and you were like, can we, we shouldn't be talking about this right now, we're literally going we to talk about it later. About tonight, yeah. But it's so fun to, like, have these theories and yeah. talk about things, and a lot of these older movies, they, because, okay, a lot of movies nowadays will have to spell it out for the audiences, and yes. that takes away some of the nuance to the movies, I think, yeah. and we're like, Rosemary's Baby, and um, movies, older movies, they didn't just spell it out for you so i feel like it takes some of the rewatchability away from it too like rosemary's baby you can rewatch it and find new stuff you didn't before the yeah. conjuring no offense i i love it yeah but i can put on the conjuring and sew or read a book and still catch everything yeah exactly but with these you know this was my first time watching it but when i go back you know i just thought i i didn't catch that the peephole was a door i was just like oh they're spying on her like Mm -hmm. you knew that i just again i was watching it on my phone i need to actually sit down and watch it on actual tv without taking notes but yeah it's really fun to rewatch those old movies except for the exorcist i hate every second of rewatching (laughs) that movie i do it every year but i hate it if you have any scary paranormal stories you would like us to write into a short story or you want to talk about a specific movie or have suggestions for us please email us at the exorcisters at gmail.com our facebook and our instagram are both the exorcisters podcast and you can find us on twitter at the exorcisters next week we're gonna have a special guest and your luck just ran out till then stay creepy